Hey, this is Barbara Corker, and you are now tuned in to Business Unusual. And everything you ever learned about business, throw it out the window. I'm going to tell you the real deal. Listen in. Today, I'm going to answer all your burning questions about work, life, starting a company, getting on track, and much, much more. Be sure to call in to the Business Unusual hotline with your question at 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. This episode is presented by AT&T Business. Hey guys, I've been getting so many great questions from you lately that I decided to pick up the phone and call a few of you back and discuss what your real question is and how to get to the bottom of it with a great solution. So I'm going to be calling a woman today who claims that she can't bounce back from being interviewed five times and then ghosted by the employee. Never heard from them again. How do you recover from that? Is that normal? Also, how do you command respect from the male boardroom that implies differently when you're the only woman sitting there? We're going to talk to that gal today, anxious to hear how she commands respect and how I could get her to do it better. And what can you learn from a girl who is so quick to announce that she's been fired from millions of jobs, but she's not worried? Is she worried? What can we learn from somebody like that? Listen in. Oh, hi, Barbara. My name's Tiffany. I'm from London, Ontario, Canada. My question for you today is bouncing back after a negative experience in the interview process. So recently I was interviewed five times and then ghosted by a potential employer. How would you bounce back from that? Thank you so much. I look forward to hearing your response on your show. There she is, Tiffany. Hi. You're a smart one, I could see. Thank you. Yeah. Let me ask you something, Tiffany. Were those interviews online or in person? They were online. They were over uh, Zoom and Microsoft Teams. Yeah. And may I ask you, uh, were they different people, the five interviews, or the same person? Um, two of them were the same person, and then the other ones were all different people. So two the same, and then three, number three, number four, number five, and then you hear nothing. Yeah, exactly. Were exactly. You, were you waiting to hear something, or did you reach out and they didn't answer? Well, the way it was left was that I was going to hear something on the Tuesday. And then about a week went by thereafter, and I still hadn't heard anything. So I thought, well, I better email them and give them kind of like a recap on, you know, why I would be the perfect fit, what I liked about their organization. And then I didn't hear anything back after the email either. So, so discouraging. Mm-hmm. Had you had that experience with other jobs you went for? No, not at all. No, usually, um, like I've been turned down before, but um you know, usually you get a follow-up email, you know, something to the effect of, you know, we appreciate value your time, but we've moved forward with other candidates. So, um, you know, I've gotten those kind of letters in the past. So it was kind of um, confusing as to why I would have not heard anything back um, during this whole process. So in those, in those other ones where you did hear back, did you have five interviews or was it one interview, bang, you got the letter back? Yeah, one in kind of one interview, bang, got the letter back. So, you know, it's yeah. it's kind of odd because I think if I had had one interview and didn't hear back, it might be annoying. But to have five interviews and then disappear, uh, I would have been infuriated because actually it was your valuable yeah. time that they took. Of course, they were giving theirs, but they were doing the wanting. You know, they yeah. wanted the job description, and you accommodated them with your time and your interest. And then to, uh, so I would say there's only one word uh, to describe that company. Uh, And each representative of the companies, even if it was just the last guy is an extension of the company, plain out rude, be happy you got away with it. Be happy you didn't wind up working there, honestly. Were you wowed by the company three or five interviews or was it giving you any pause for thought? Did you feel like I would love to work for them? Honestly. of um well there were a couple red flags um so in dealing with um an account manager um so there was uh the the company that i interviewed with it was like a third party organization that was trying to get business from the people i was interviewing with so 
there, there was kind of a red flag in that process that it wasn't, intro. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, it wasn't necessarily through the company itself. So it was almost like, um, like an outsourced position, mm. which was kind of, uh, didn't it, it, it was okay, but I was like, okay, I was really interested in the position itself anyway. So I went for it, but that should have been kind of the, the point where I stepped back and said, okay, maybe this isn't going to be the best fit. Well, it's, it's kind of known as a bad start. Yes. Got off on the wrong foot. Okay. Yes. And then you said a couple of red flags. What was the next one? Um, so the, the next one was that there were so many um, interviews and um, they were, they were quite long, like, you know, about an hour and a half hour long interviews. And they were quite grueling um, the questions that were being asked and things like that. But the, the different people involved was kind of another um, red flag uh, that um, it sounded like there was quite a bit of decision makers for this particular department and um, decision makers that didn't even work for that organization. So that was kind of, um, you know, it was kind of confusing as to, you know, what their objectives really were and also who it who it is that would be I would be answering to and um, with having so many decision makers involved in that hiring process. Well, if you had gotten that job, I can assure you, you would have been miserable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you dodged a bullet, as they say in the business, you dodged a big bullet, all right? But Definitely. now let's leave those people. How do you get over them? You see them for who they are. At a very basic level, they were rude. At a more uh, interesting level, they would have been uh, not good employee employers for you. They would have not been good employers for you at all. Okay, yeah. uh, because you know there's something about authority uh, has to be very clear in any position, or it will make any employee totally miserable. And usually, in most interviews, people doing the interviewing are selling a little bit. They are putting the best foot forward and trimming it up a bit. And so that was the better version of what you would find <laughs> if you oh. had been working for them. So think of it that way. Yeah. So you don't have to get over them. Just pat yourself on the back and go, whoa, good for me. I got away from them. Thank God yes. I didn't get caught up in that little snare, you know? Okay. Mm -hmm. But now leave them aside because they're unimportant. Okay. I can tell talking to you, looking at you right here, uh, you are a great interview. You look rock solid. Look me straight in the eye. You have a beautiful face that anyone could trust. Uh, you have a professional uh place where you're being interviewed. You're doing all the things that a lot of people aspire to do and you're doing it naturally. So you're a catch in an interview process that's happening online. And most of the interviews are online today, all right? So let's say that you're terrific. How many interviews are you getting? You said you had had well, other after, interviews, yeah. After and what that kind of position you're looking for? I'm sorry, I should have started with that. Yeah, definitely. So I'm actually in the business marketing field and my expertise is digital marketing and sales. So I'm exceptionally good at sales and digital marketing. And um, so that was probably my, that was my last interview. So I haven't really been as actively looking um, since, since that last interview process, just because it left such a bad taste in my mouth and Oh. was left feeling kind of discouraged after the rejection. Me, I'm honestly. disappointed in you. If I had all the stuff you have for you to be discouraged by those jerks, I can't believe it. Yeah. Oh. Well, thank you. <laughs> but you did feel discouraged. Okay. Let me, uh, you know what a great policy is because I have been rejected my whole life from everything I wanted and I've somehow managed to get everything I wanted. And I've been fired from three jobs only to find out thinking it was me. And this is similar to being fired. You're not quite sure what went wrong, but you know, you're rejected. Okay. So the three times I was fired, my bosses didn't give me a real reason. And I wondered about it. I still wonder about it. This is 35, 40 years later. I'm still wondering about it. But you can't for a second give yourself more than a minute to feel sorry for yourself. I mean, you got kind of got used and abused. Boom. Okay. You have 10 minutes to feel sorry for yourself. You set your clock. You feel sorry for yourself. And boom, how do I replace them? Okay. So yes. since they rejected you, you're having a hard time getting back up on the saddle with wild enthusiasm. Yes, oh, definitely. Don't, don't let those ugly people have that privilege. They didn't earn it. They don't deserve it. You have the privilege of getting even by getting a much, much better job. 
But the only way it happens is if you have more leads that you could injure you for. The idea of seeing you sit inside that room for more than a day without someone interviewing me breaks my heart because I could tell looking at you, you're a catch. But the idea that you wouldn't be interviewing constantly as an individual of, with what you have, but also coupled with the fact that you're in the digital marketing and sales area, which is golden right now. Nobody has enough of it. So you're highly marketable in that position as well, because it's a very difficult position to find somebody capable of. I think you should be interviewing all the time. How do you set goals for yourself on not getting a specific job, but how many interviews you want? Um, well, I try to cap, I try to send out, uh, send out a few resumes a day. Um, the city I live in right now, I, it's kind of rural. It's kind of a small town. There's about 350,000 people there. So, um, there's not as many opportunities as there would be in a bigger city, but I'm making the best of the leads that are out there and finding them and trying to source other places, trying to find the hidden job market um, and taking those avenues as well. So I've been trying to be active in sending out a few a day, but it seems like all I get back is rejection letters. So <laughs> are most of the positions you're applying for remote positions? Um, some of them are remote positions. Yes. Some of them are remote and uh, some of them are on site as well. Um, so it's kind of mixed, but yeah, it's bizarre. Just keep getting rejection letters. I'm almost thinking it might be easier to get clients than to get a job. Maybe Imagine that. a lot of businesses that. have been started exactly that way as a fallback, yeah. you know, before I touch that on a moment, um, are you applying for every remote position out there? regardless oh, yeah. of how far the cities are yes yeah i've been i've been applying to to pretty much everything in ontario first step is forgive yourself because you had nothing to do with those jerks onward and upward okay number one no more of that stuff even if it happens to you five other times i can tell you i hire thousands of people in my life i can tell you you're a great hire okay so you got yeah. that going for you and i'm not trying to flatter you i mean that sincerely okay now uh widening your net i think is essential right if you're in a remote kind of business by its very nature digital marketing and sales my gosh you know why wouldn't you apply for every part-time position and any position anywhere you could even represent someone in europe i know i know it sounds wacky but it's so true you know and if you were to wind up in business for yourself at home uh you would be doing that for the next guy anyway right right exactly yeah. Okay. Now I'm going to criticize you a little. You don't mind, do you? No, I don't mind. Yeah. I'm <laughs> open to feedback. Okay. Um, how old are you, Tiffany? I'm 40 years old. 40. Okay. You have such a solid way about you that you come across older. You don't look older, but you feel older. I was thinking you were older just by your presence. Okay. That's an advantage, but I think you have to re-merchandise yourself the way you look for these interviews. You have a lovely, nice quality black sweater on with button downs, right? And you have beautifully combed hair and a page boy, and you have respectable black spectacles on that make me think you probably have a high IQ, maybe higher than you do, okay? Which is all nice and all, uh, but it's a marketing sales position. And as a marketing sales position, people always bias toward who they think is creative. Oh, this girl's gonna, she's hot shit. She's pretty cool, man. Hey, maybe she could blah, blah. I think what you should do is get yourself a pair of hot red spectacles or hot pink or whatever your favorite color is. I think you should wear a bright colored shirt, okay? Because, okay. It, because it's more memorable. If I interview 10 people with dark colors on, men, women, dark suit jackets, dark tops, they all blend when I'm thinking back at them. But when I see someone in bright yellow or bright pink or bright red or a, a distinctive pattern or a nose ring in the ear or on the ears, I'm not suggesting you go out and do that or crazy green hair. I remember them forever. And in marketing and sales, you want to be remembered and you want to kind of spin a little bit toward the creative, a little wacky, little wacky. And you could be real wacky, but you're so solid. It would almost be impossible for you to go too far, you know? But you also have to set your goal aggressively as to how many interviews you want a week. How about 30? Because you know what it will do? It will tell you, to, it will make you automatically scrape the edges in the bottom 
of stuff and you never know where you never know where opportunity lies i've gotten some of my best jobs with the 22 jobs i had by applying to the wrong job and somebody flipped me to the right job and that kind of thing. And it happens all the time and it's called opportunity, but you don't find the opportunity unless you're hanging out there all the time. And the best way to get yourself hanging out there all the time is to up the ante on what you're reaching for. Not necessarily the more important stuff, but quantity, quantity, quantity. And then each time you interview, you'll get more and more savvy with the interview, which I don't believe you have to do. I think you interview very well. You'll do part-time, you'll do Europe, you'll do the USA, you'll do maybe something that's digital marketing but doesn't involve sales, you'll do something that's sales and maybe not digital marketing. You, you start to stretch yourself to open yourself to other opportunities versus being in your narrow lane. Does that make sense? Definitely. Okay. All right. And then what you do is get a picture of that company that used you and abused you, hold it over your stove, burn their logo, and say goodbye. Can't think about that one Move right on. Got it? Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay, you report back to me. Tell me how many interviews you get this week. You I will. To, definitely. You don't have to use my number. You just have to hit your number. Okay. It's Barbara. Just call her. It's Barbara. Hello, this is Barbara. Hey, Barbara. My name is Brittany. I'm calling from Florida. And I've been my own boss for about 10 years, and, um, you know, I found myself sitting in a boardroom across uh, a lot of males in similar positions, and I'm just wondering, looking for some advice on how to command respect as a female in the workplace. I mean, you would think after 10 years that that would demonstrate some type of respect and credibility, but I still, after all these years, find myself being, you know, spoken to in a way that is uh, undermined and, um, you know, relatively demoralizing. And I'm just kind of wondering, you know, if other women find themselves as they move up the ranks as executives in their field, how we can navigate that uh, appropriately, um, you know, and effectively. So, thanks. Looking forward to hearing what you have to say about the topic. Thanks. Hey, Brittany, how are you? Hi, Barbara. Very nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So I'm curious, what kind of position or what kind of business do you have? Uh, healthcare. So I was the uh, executive director of my own healthcare company for 10 years. I just sold two weeks ago. Wow. And yes, yes. And uh, now I'm doing consulting. Thank you. Yes. And now I'm doing consulting for companies far bigger than I probably would have ever been. So. Uh, so you're doing consulting for them as your own business as well? Correct. Yeah. So what's the difference between what you're doing now and what you were doing then? Now I strictly focus on uh, risk mitigation and revenue. So, you know, the, the difference is, yeah. So the difference is most people, don't like to change until the pain is great enough. So by the time people want to call me, they're usually in hot water. Um, but my kind of forte at this point in my career is my attention to detail. And uh, by coming through the adversity that I've been through, my uh, expertise is in the revenue side, and I have uh, a keen ability to increase profits by a pretty sizable amount for these companies. So, And I believe it. I wouldn't yeah. take a single word that you just said lightly at all. How do you uh, meet these new clients? Uh, are you meeting them over on, how you mean, do you meet them in person, online, and how do you find them? So typically up to this point has been a lot of relationships, has been a lot of referrals over the years. I started out basically based on my reputation and, and referrals from the beginning, just getting into the business originally over 10 years ago. And that's kind of how I've grown. I've never done any truly online marketing up to this point, which is why I've kind of been a mom and pop kind of shop. Um, but now changing the tides i'm looking to grow more into the online sector and kind of looking to scale using technology behind me um so i'm excited to bring some new tools into my uh toolkit uh i just actually was listening to some of your 
older, which are my favorite uh, of your podcasts mm-hmm. and how, you know, I do subscribe to your ideology of if you're doing things more than once, figuring out a system to um, streamline those processes. Mm-hmm. So using and bridging technology into the game to help, you know, streamline processes within a, you know, business organization and structure. But Brittany, if I, I find it almost unbelievable that you wouldn't command respect in everything you do. Uh, give me an example of uh, what's diminishing you in that regard when you said, I don't, I'm not respected for what I've done with you know, a sea of men. Give me an example yeah. of you feel that way. You know, I think that when I started 10 years ago, being in a male dominated healthcare industry and sitting around tables, being the only female, um, female that then eventually dominated and sold her business. Correct. Being sought. Yeah, go ahead. Being sought after. Right. Um, and looking around at my female peers who tended to be in industries or positions within the industry, more of a, um, you know, a, a marketing type of position, a relationship type of position instead of a executive type of position. Um, you know, it was a lot of, you won't make it, um, you know, cute, good for you, but, you know, you're not going to be able to keep up with the big dogs type of mentality. And, And, you know, more than that's just how I felt, it was how I was spoken to. And it was really hard, you know, getting a lot of extra work put on my my plate, a lot of extra things that I would have to do in order to, you know, be able to be invited to sit at the table. And over the years, you did that you did that for ten years. Uh, you worked harder than the next guy, literally and figuratively. Um, you succeeded. You had a happy ending, and now you're sought after by everyone. So it seems to me that you did everything to win that respect. Do you feel like you don't have it now, still inside yourself? Or when you look outside yourself, how people respond to you? I will say yes to both. And the reason is, even throughout the process of selling the business, which I sold, um, unfortunately, not to females, but to to males, um, and sitting around, again, a, a room full of males, who continued to talk to me as if I didn't know what I was doing in my own business or, or how to run it. And, you know, uh, as if I didn't have the expertise or level of um, knowledge to sustain a business at this level, which, you know, is funny to me because I'm helping organizations that have hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue increase their profits 10 to 15% at this point. So not only do I know how to sustain that for my own organization, but for organizations far bigger than mine, which is my focal point at this point. But so, you know, the, the lack of what I have proven to be sustainable for organizations that have shuttered uh, over the last 10 years that don't exist that started out far bigger than me. And, you know, the small patient engine that could, who stayed um, true to the vision of helping patients doing the right thing and modifying along the way with the times, um, you know, that's still, it's still how I felt at the table walking in and walking out. And so the day that I left that message It was because of the frustration that, you know, look, as women sitting around the table, I think it's a larger conversation to have more than at this point in our careers. Yes, we can choose to have work-life balance. We can choose to have children and we have maternity leave. We have all of these things at this point, but what about not only the perceived respect of the male peers and the fact that we are both starting out at the same starting point, but the perceived success of our male counterparts are far greater than ours right from the beginning. I'm going to give you my formula that how I see it a little differently than what you see it. All right. I think you're getting caught up in your underwear, not to take away from your success, 
You've proven that, bam, you've done it. Despite all of those infractions along the way and your perceptions, the bottom line is you've done it. You arrived at the top, even at a closing where men don't teach you with respect, don't treat you with respect, which happened by the way at my closing, like I was a cute girl who got lucky, kind of like, wait, I'm the biggest real estate broker in Manhattan. But right. they didn't treat me that way, you know, because all men, all the attorneys were male. There wasn't another female in that room of 40 people than myself. Did I get bothered by that? A little bit. But did I get really bothered by it? No, I took their 66 million from their hands and I went home smiling. Okay. But here is what I, three things immediately that come to my mind, right or wrong, let me share them with you. Number one, charge more. Charge more than everybody else out there for what you're doing because you know it better than everybody else. And the side benefit in charging more and saying, I know I'm expensive, but I'm worth more has a way of empowering you and good sales technique to get them want you, wanting you more, whoever you're pitching to. So I'm sure you have figured out what you can charge, but up it right away. That's what I would do. Up it right away. That commands respect. What? This girl is more than that guy? Come on. You can afford to do it because you're so rock solid in your belief of what you can do for that business. No one will question, I don't believe, and if they do, it will work to your favor versus work against you. Secondly, you are leading by example. Talking about the women's cause and women need to be more empowered and this is an unfair situation, the best cure for that kind of thinking and that kind of action in the world of women is to have examples they can emulate. Third, make sure you're on the outside, on the speaking circuit, in associations, being asked to speak, volunteer, teach, whatever you have to do to get your face out there so enough women in your field can hear your message and outside your field can hear your message. You're one of those rare, powerful women out there that doesn't act like a girl, doesn't look like she wants to please like a girl, <laughs> doesn't look like she wants to uh, diminish yourself like a girl. Everything about you is womanly and powerful. I'm, I'm listening to you. I'm watching you. I'm thinking, whoa, I'm afraid of this woman. Those men, if they don't get it, don't worry about it. Who has to get it are other women that see you succeeded. You're about to have another huge success, probably even larger than your dreams. Although you're even so solid in your thinking, um, you probably could predict the future to the penny, I would guess. All right but you need to emulate yourself out there as a role model and let everybody share the juice because then you'll multiply on what you've discovered, how to get to the top, work harder than everybody else, know what you're doing, really care more than everybody else, be in a room with the boys with disrespect and let, not letting it derail you, maybe in your thinking or you go home at night and cry, but not in front of those boys. You've mm -mm. discovered the way to get ahead and succeed and you've done it and you're about to do it again. I think you have an obligation to share that journey with other women and totally not worry about what the men think. Who cares really? It's just a downer on yourself. You deserve more than that. You've earned it. You've gone past that. That's your past. The past is the past. You're so doggedly working on your future. But I'll tell you, if I find out that you work for some organization and didn't charge them more than the next guy. I'm going to be pissed. <laughs> Deal. Okay. Deal. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you question yourself. You got, you got the whole package. Unbelievable. Let's take a short break to talk about a company I love. Now let's get back to the show. Hey, Barbara. My name is Saren, like serendipity. I'm from Raleigh, North Carolina, originally from the Chicago area. And I wanted to ask you this particular question because I've been dealing with it lately and I've been talking to a lot of fellow friends, entrepreneurial friends about it. So um, I was wondering if you can share about how you um, – overcame or just overcome in general 
feeling like a fraud when beginning your own business. So it's easier to feel like you are actually doing something and being productive and making a move, you know, movement when you're working for someone and getting that rolling in paycheck. But when you're working for yourself, you can do the exact same thing. Just make those, you know, make those to-dos, schedules, all of that. But what are, just what's some wisdom that you have on that? I would love to hear. Thank you so much for answering. Have a great day. You said you'd like to explain what caused you to ask that question. What's that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very funny because I was actually driving to Ohio. I'm from the Midwest, from the Chicago area, like I said, um, for Labor Day. And two weeks before this, I I got let go from my job. Oh. And I was amazing at my job. I was great. I was wonderful. I was a social media and community manager for a company. Mm. And it was actually like a dream job. I, I never thought I would have a dream job because I always thought, well, oh, my job's just going to be my job because I'm going to do my own thing. I was there since about February this year. So not super long, but um, someone else and I got let go on the same day at like 5 p.m. on a Friday. It was very unexpected. Um, there's just some shifts that were happening. And I had planned to leave like next, next year about March and, you know, go forward with my own things that I have been doing. Oh. I've been doing, so I look super young. I'm 28. Um, I've been doing things for like all of my twenties and kind of just like very clear now. And but it feels clear, good to be, be clear. clear with me. Were you in your twenties self-employed offering your services to different people at the same time and then took this full-time job that you were let go of? What's no, yeah. So after school, I worked for a radio station in Chicago for a while. And I've always since then was working for someone, but also doing things along with it. Mm-hmm. So um, let me circle back to like the question. I And the reason I asked it, I was driving to Ohio and I wanted to listen to just some podcasts. And then I didn't even know you had a podcast. So oh, I found so you. Found me. <laughs> I know. And then I was like, oh, I should just call in and ask a question. You know, you never know. Yeah. Um, so I did. And then I got a text from your producer, <laughs> which was so funny. And then anyway, um, but yeah, in that moment, I just like when that happened with the job, right? I was at my favorite smoothie pole place here in Raleigh and that happened. And, you know, I see things very visually, very like energetically and things, you know, when they feel bad or good. And as you know, right on Shark Take, you know what something feels like to you. It feels good, feels bad. Um, When that happened, when I got let go, like it didn't feel bad. It didn't feel scary. It didn't feel dark. It felt bright. It felt good. It felt light and it felt correct. And I've been let go from so many jobs, like millions, okay? But I'm very clear and know, and I've always known, it's because I'm just, whatever. Things are in your journey for a purpose, whatever, it's fine. Um, But yeah, so that, it felt good. And I kind of knew that, okay, you know, I'm able to try this for, I planned not to do it right now, but I'm able to try this for like a couple months and just go full throttle. Seren, it being what? Try what for a couple of months? Just making it on my own, doing my oh, own business. So I the have- The first time you're going on your own? Like fully without, yeah, without yeah. anything else. Yeah, wow. yeah. So I was courageous. planning to, yeah, thank you. So I was planning to do it in March, like I said, and save up a little bit more for it, but I'm able to do it for like two and a half months right now. And I'm like, well, I can get a job if it doesn't work and I'm just How's doing it. How's it going? Are you, are you making sales? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Okay. So, so, but I'm kind of in the still little sprinkle mode, right? Um, what does the way a sprinkle mode look like? <laughs> so, I my vision is really big. What I have, so that's why I was going to give myself more time. It's a very intentional, big vision that I feel is like, um, just I could feel it. I can see it working. I can see it happening. It's happening before my eyes. Things are lining up. Um, but. Share your vision with me. I'm jealous. What's your vision? The big vision? vision. <laughs> you know, I'd love to show you later too. Um, so about the vision, I, I dance and I started filming myself dancing like a couple years ago and I teach yoga and all of that. So at the yoga studio I taught at, I would just stay after and dance and film myself. And people would say, that's so meditative to watch. So meditative. So my business brain was like, okay, 
how can I combine dance and meditation? And then I just, I just was like, I'm going to let it go. I don't know. It'll, it'll come to me eventually if it'll come to me. Um, and then earlier this year, I had someone filming me and I like doing video editing. So I put together this, this amazing video, the, the footage, and I watched it and I'm, I just started crying. Wow. And I was like, really oh my God. Yes. yes. I was like, you were this realizing is your dream. How visual do you make, how do you make money on this? In the future? No. Oh, now I'm sharing this all in the podcast. <laughs> Not right now. So right now I also do health and nutrition coaching. So, and I've spoken to a lot of sororities about relationship to body, freedom with food, freedom with body. So what I'm doing now is I'm just working on my online programs and I just launched one. Actually, it's in like the pre-launch stage right now. I did the VIP launch last week. What will week. that be? People will sign up and get coaching once a week on the healthcare and- No, so this, this one is um, basically, I like to do things simple, right? Like we're Doesn't sound working simple. smart, not hard. <laughs> simple though. No, this, this is simple. So it's a 75 minute masterclass of, so anyone can purchase it. It's not live. <clears throat> but it's a 75 minute masterclass um, talking about the, uh, well, it's 75 minute masterclass and a five day cleanse to reset your body because I've been there in cycles of disordered eating, of just not feeling good, of not feeling clear. And, and what really you starts with for? your body. What do you sell this masterclass for? Um, it's selling for $2.99 right now. $2.99. And have you sold pre launch for $2.99? I I've sold a couple, sold a couple in the pre-launch. So that's good and promising, but I have some, um, this is just like social media. So I have some actual tactics for that, but right now, and I want to relate it back to my question too. So you can, um, talk about it because right now I'm just, I kind of have a vision of how I want it to go. The music videos are the big, big thing working on my brand and online programs right now. Cause that's something I want to do. But with the question that I asked, I just, I was in a place of like, ever since that day where I got let go, it was like every day I've had this, this eye-opening thing of, wow, this, this could actually happen. This could actually happen. This could actually happen. And since then I will say, actually yesterday I was talking to a friend about it. Um, you know, like the thought of really allowing yourself to feel valid, Yes. Um, How long could you go with these, with the, with the health and nutrition coaching and the dance and meditation? How long could you go with those new business ideas uh, before you run out of money? And how do you pay for your overhead in the meantime? I can go until a little after November. (laughs) November. And right now it is uh, October 12th. October 12th. So a little after uh-huh. November. And how much money would you have to totally make on these? It seems like a tall order to be able to get a new business up running and productive enough money wise in like between now and the end of November. How do you envision mm-hmm. you selling so much of this stuff? I, of course I envision it, right? Because I bring yes. it into my body and then that's will. how. How about you left? I think you will. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I, I really do. I really feel, I really know because each day carries a lot, a lot happens in each day and you never know what's going to come. And what have you told sales been to date? To date? Um, 500. 500. Yeah. And what's your <laughs> overhead? Yeah. Nothing. It's me. It's me. Well, my, my rent, my living. So as long as I can cover my living, yeah. that's, what does that cost you? That's not, not an expensive to rent an apartment to pay for your food. What is, what nut do you have to crack um, each month? Well, I would like to make like have it in my four thousand to five thousand is what I can. So I don't think you're going to make it by the end of November, right? Meet your overhead for November for December one. Five hundred versus what what did you say? Forty five hundred, four (laughs) thousand. Well, it has only been five days though since I opened this up. Yep, and then huge. What are you going to do if you don't meet your overhead? Do you have a way of stretching it out? Can you borrow money from family or friends or something like that? You know, I, I've always figured it out. Yeah. There's always, there's always a way. And if not, if I feel like, like I need to get a job closer then I have some resources where I can reach out and get a job. Um, other sources of getting a job, right? No, I don't know. But income, actually things have been popping up now too, like freelance opportunities. And, Mm -hmm. um, actually the company that let me go asked if I can help out with some freelance things. Yes, I see. Okay, can I give you my honest to God reaction to everything you're saying? 
<laughs> yeah, we're, we're giving it in a very short, yeah. Yeah, I know. And, and you right. probably, because you have so much imagination, I bet if I hung out with you another couple of hours, you would probably actually birth an, another business idea or another angle. <laughs> fertile imagination, you think of an idea a minute, you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> Which, by the way, is very much my own nature. I think my biggest calling card in my whole life is I'm extremely creative and can come mm -hmm. up with, oh, what are you about? What do we do this? Hey, let's do this. Let's do that. You know, uh, mm -hmm. but it's also my biggest Achilles heel uh, as well in life because I go out in a lot of tangent lines when I was younger and had a hard time staying with one to drive it home, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I, I wanted to question you one more thing. You mentioned early, and I quote you, uh, you, were, you let go of millions of jobs. I'm sure that's an exaggeration, but how many jobs have you <laughs> let go of in your, short, uh, in your short 30 years you've been living? <laughs> uh, um, and by the way, I randomly, I listened to your uh, failure, what is it? Rethink Failure, uh, yes. TED Talk yesterday. And I'm like, wow, we actually, she's very similar. She's gone through a yes, lot of Yes, anyone who's successful has a line <laughs> of failures, no <laughs> doubt about yes. it. But very how many true. jobs but, um, were you, what did you lose, would you say? Two, 20? Uh, oh man, not 20. Uh, okay, I don't know. The number six is coming yeah. to me. I don't know. That and you always take it in the chin the way you took this last one. You're not the least bit bothered by it. You bounce right. This feels different. Now it feels different. Like I said, I've, 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 Definitely, you grow up, right? Like I thought, oh, at 20, I'm going to just go and do my own business. And I, like you said, used to have all those millions of ideas. And I, of course, still do, but I can control them better now. And I go with the ones that are clear now. And I can see actual tangible ways to work with them now and to make it work and, you know, live, live so I can live, right? Yeah. And not, not lose my apartment. <laughs> it looks like a very pretty apartment just as well. Thank you. Thank All right. You. A couple of things. Um, I'll tell you what I love about what you do, and then I'll tell you what I don't like about what you're doing. That's the best uh -oh. way I could be helpful, right? Okay. Let's do I have that. Your okay. <laughs> I, you have. Go ahead. <laughs> what I absolutely adore about what you're doing is your energy level. Uh, everything about you has a smile on it. Your eyes, your mouth, your words, your attitude, the intonations, you're very smiley in every way, you know? Mm, and nothing's you. more attractive than someone who's optimistic, high energy, which you clearly have. And uh, it's, it's like a magnet, it attracts people in, you know? Mm -hmm. Who wouldn't wanna hang out with you? You're so pleasant, okay? What I don't like about uh, what I'm hearing is you're so optimistic, you have high energy and you're so pleasant. <laughs> Okay. Uh, flip sides of the same coin. All right. Um, I like the idea that you've given yourself a uh, November deadline. Uh, I'm not sure if I trust it for whatever. Okay, I'll come back to you in November then. Good. Accountability. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. And I'm not sure you are at your best when you have a lot of latitude, which you've, you've given yourself as a result of this last firing, right? You've given yourself the latitude to try these ideas on that you've thought of on your own, the two ideas, and there's probably a few more in there probably, right? Because you have, because you're so creative. Um, I think from what I've seen with entrepreneurs who have started their business like a, a, on the side or on the mainstream, they always do better when it's a side hustle, when there's constraints mm -hmm. on the time, when there's pressure mm -hmm. that you don't have the whole day to dream up the next thing or to make it too right or to uh, polish it up. I always find that people seem to launch themselves better when they have tremendous pressure on their time and tremendous pressure on the money purse. That they have to do this, they have to get that money. It's a great God mm -hmm. to serve if you're gonna be in business, not in a hobby, okay? And I always find when people have restraints as I got four and a half hours to focus today on this thing, how am I gonna da 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 da, will usually materialize in, um, more than what they would accomplish in 24 hours. They have the 24 hours spread over three days, okay? So I think of mm -hmm. uh, what I would love to see you change, and certainly, of course, your life up to you, is I wish you would find another part-time job immediately, not even wait till November. I think you will fly better with the constraints, with the pressure on you, because mm -hmm. you are so creative, and that's the danger of yourself, to woo, 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 you know? I, I think you'd wind up um, creating a better business faster if you really want a business. And I'm not so sure on that. 
I think you like to be creative and create. I'm not sure you're in love with having a productive, profitable business. And there's a big difference because when you have- a No, I, you're speaking the truth. I, I know, yeah. It's, yeah. It's so so getting, <laughs> getting clarity on that in your own head is very uh -huh. important. Like what is it really you want out of the business to see these ideas come to fruition or to make a really good living uh, that you can hire other people and have them all doing it with you and you see that mountain ahead and you can climb it to the top and pound your chest and say, I'm in charge, I'm in charge of the health and nutrition coaching space. That egotistic kind of I'm in charge caveman thing. Mm -mm. That's, yeah, you're saying no. And I agree with you. I don't think that's you. I think what you'd like to do is do good to take your aspirations and see them blossom to help other people. And those are all admirable traits, okay? But they're an avocation versus a business. And I think um, you can do that and enrich your life tremendously and go on from one to the next greater idea and develop that one. You'll have another idea, you will not run out. But I think you should make sure you have at least a part-time anchor uh, that you get revenue from. So you don't have to worry about the day-to-day -day stuff of losing an apartment of eating, all those mundane things that are so necessary in life. You always have that base covered with half your time and then you leave half your time for the rest or a third of your time for the rest. Or maybe you can only use a quarter of your time uh, for the rest, that's all that's left. But I think you also have to sit down and be more self-reflective on the business end of a job and ask yourself, what is it in these jobs that are making them feel like they don't have to have me stay? because there's something at the root of it. And I'm gonna suggest what I think it might be, just from listening to you. I think it might be that you jump around a lot in your head. And in business, even when you do jump around a lot in your head, I know, because I sure do it. You have no idea how rich my imagination is. What comes out of my mouth and what I appear to be focused on though, is very black and white and straight down the middle. That's called mm -hmm. business. And that's how I make my living, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think you have to size yourself up, one, as to whether this is an avocation or a business, and I suspect it's an avocation. Two, how am I going to meet my overhead to make my dreams in this area come true and to have the liberty and time to be able to do it? And how much time do I really need to do it? And tighten that up. I think that's number two. And I think you need to do some soul searching on uh, how other people in the job front relate to you. And it would be great if you could be in touch with other people. I don't know if that's an awkward thing. Uh, like what exactly was lacking in me? What, why was it? I know you had job cuts. I know you let a lot of people go, but why was I one of the people? If you could mention one thing that I could improve on, what would it be? It's hard to tell to ask someone, what didn't you like about me? But it's easy to ask someone if there was one thing I could improve on. This is my year. It's on my head coming up on my 30th birthday. I want to be the best person I can. Can you tell me one thing, if you could use your wild imagination that I could have improved on, what is it? I think you would get at the core of why these jobs have changed a lot. I don't think you have any idea. Because even as gleeful as you were in leaving this job, I mean, I would actually, okay, why are you really letting me go? I know two people were let go, mm -hmm. me one of them. Another 80 people here weren't let go. You can't say, mm -hmm. you know, people aren't honest when they let you go. They say, oh, job cuts. Oh, we got orders. Oh, we've changed the departments. Oh, we've reorganized. <clears throat> they give you all this kinds of crap, you know? But the fact of the matter is, there's something in the individual that they weren't responding well to. And I think you need to get a handle on that so that the other jobs that you have, you can hold on very long-term and really enjoy them uh, because you're meeting the requirement of that job long-term. Does that make sense? And then you do your yeah. own stuff on the side, whatever you want to fly around on, it's yours to do, it's your life, you know? Mm -hmm. But I mm -hmm. think that would be very helpful for you to be self-reflective and get a handle on that. Because, it's, mm -hmm. because I don't care how gleeful and optimistic you are, you are, it's tough to get fired. I don't care what the reason is, okay? It's not good. I was fired. Yeah, no, I mean, job. I'm definitely not putting on a, putting on a front and that's, I'm very, I let myself go through the motions of it. I, but you I can feel, feel the difference and I'm not, and I guess I left that out. I am doing a lot of side things that are, so I don't feel in lack. I, that's something I ask myself too, because I've done that before. Am I creating from lack or am I creating from, I think that's important. And you mentioned that too. 
mm-hmm. creating from lack versus creating from to do. But you, that's, I love that you said that though, because it's very true. I have thought about that. I'm not the business. I don't know. I like business. You know, I like marketing. I like doing all that, but I'm a creative, I'm a creative yes, and I want, right and I, you. so I, mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, it's all evolution. Yeah, but I think you're bothered more by the situations where you said, quote, millions of, let go of millions of jobs, which wasn't true. It was less than 10. But still, that's a lot <laughs> without really knowing why, without having a clear handle of and what And I don't want to pretend I know all the answers, but I feel like I kind of do, though, because I have talked to, I just, I just feel the feeling that, the, like, intuitive feeling that comes up for why is, and I know he's mentioned that this person at the other company is... One thing he would mention, and I know I do it, is thinking like I'm going to, like I have an answer before they're done talking. Like I, yes, you know, and so I think, you know, I'm so, I, I like to, I let go of control, I let go of control a lot, but yeah, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's just another way, another way of uh, calling that Saren is you don't listen. That's, that was their way of saying you don't listen. You're jumping on an answer before we get the question out there, you know, and, and that's what the whole category of self-reflection, listening, uh, soul searching, you know, it's a whole different skill set than imagination. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, you're so smart. You're so charming. There's absolutely no doubt in my mind you'd get that down. But I think you should give it the credence and the time it deserves. I do. Mm-hmm. So you're always going to do the creative stuff. It's just like a fountain of youth with you. No mm-hmm. problem. And that's all we have time for today. If you have a question, leave me a voicemail on the Business Unusual hotline, 888-BARBARA. That's 888-B-A-R-B-A-R-A. You can also tweet it to me at Barbara Corcoran, and I may just answer it on a future episode. You've been listening to Business Unusual with me, Barbara Corcoran. Come back next week to hear more steps and missteps I took on the path to success. Search and follow Business Unusual on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.